Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. We've got the rest of the football games to get into. The latest on the injury report as Fantasy Sports today's noon hours in the books. The one o'clock hour starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here for the next hour. By the way, full-time fantasy is coming your way at 2 o'clock Eastern. Sean Glostamaki is producing the show. Catch him at 4 o'clock Eastern on At The Betting Window. How was your uh, weekend, Joe, at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend? I caught some of the broadcast there on Zumo TV with you and Mike Blewett and then your uh, little bit of your solo hour. How, how was the weekend over there? The solo act was pretty good. Like I said, it was a dour bunch. I mean, Mike Blewett was uh, bummed out and tired having watched the Yankee game and watching them lose and our two uh, PAs over there, also big Yankee fans, two young guys, Will and Brian, good dudes, miserable, miserable, tired. They were up there, you know, you know, I was like, come on, you guys are young. You need to bounce back from this. And they're like, well, we haven't won since 2009 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, pal, I haven't had a Mets championship since I was eight years old, okay? <laughs> Get over it. You're a Yankee fan. You're relevant every single year. It must be nice to play games that matter. I don't know. In August, like I barely know what that feels like most years. So just just stop. But otherwise, that it was a, it was a fun day of football and uh, a rainy day around the Meadowlands. But uh, certainly a good day for Chase Edmonds in the Meadowlands. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into to some of the games that we didn't cover in the first hour of the show. Without a doubt, this will go down as the Chase Edmonds game, the Chase Edmonds week. Uh, Cardinals beat the Giants 21-0. They were up 14-0 very quickly. And then Edmonds had to leave the game with a little dehydration. He came back to put together one of the best days for a running back in all of fantasy for the whole season. 27 carries for Chase Edmonds. 146 I mean, yards and three touchdowns. Like not even a bit player, Joe. Like a 27-carry like a game. I mean, this dude has to be in the mix with David Johnson going forward. He has to be. He is. And lesson learned from this game, too, is the Giants defense. Again, not that you needed to, to you know, be schooled about this, but you need to be reminded. Jace Edmonds, 27 for 146, three touchdowns against the Giants defense. So the Giants defense has all kinds of issues. And uh, so they can they can be excited about Daniel Jones and they can be excited about. Barkley. I don't know why Daniel Jones doesn't look great either. Well, he hasn't. Let's be honest. He hasn't. But um Look, you could be excited about the future, but if you're a Giants fan, I think you remember one thing, which is the the years you won it was because of your defense. That's that's when you won football games in the NFC, and they got to rebuild that because I would say tear it down. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's a coordinator position. I don't think it's the the matter of bad coordinator. I think it's just there's no talent. I think the talent is just it's so bad, and they just don't have anybody to match up. They don't have anybody to cover. It's just it's not a good scene there. It's, they don't get a good pass rush. I mean, just every level of that defense is bad. So this is what you get. You get games like this. And unfortunately, like I said, Larry Fitzgerald, after a first two weeks where you're like, yeah, here we go. The rebirth of Larry Fitzgerald, man, crickets, dude. I am just 
just bummed out because I got a lot of Larry Fitz and it looked really good first couple weeks. And then I thought when Kirk went out, okay, even yeah, more. Kirk is and out it's been, too. And there's not yeah. nobody. It's just, it's been Chase Edmonds. It's been DJ and Chase Edmonds. It's wild. For the yeah, it's wild, especially with the offense of Kingsbury too. Uh, Kyler Murray's worst fantasy game of the season, 104 yards, but he could picked up a win. So who cares? I guess for him, for fantasy, though, that's not what uh, what you wanted. No. Uh, for the Giants, Daniel Jones is just since his first game is just gone the other direction. There's just nothing else to say. Two two twenty three, one touchdown, one pick, and again, the touchdown was more or less a garbage touchdown, I suppose. Uh, Barkley sixteen for seventy two and a touch. That's fine. Golden Tate, here he comes, Joe, your guy, six for eighty yards, like solid starter now. Fourteen, fourteen PPR. Woo, yeah. Look at that. There you go. There and you the go. Golden performance for Mister. There Tate. it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the the uh, the guy to start on this I team. I understand, but this is not like I'm not breaking ground with Golden Tate. This guy caught ninety balls three years in a row. I like, was not a believer at all. I'm, but why? I'm still not. I'm. St- I just, I just okay. I, I have just, a question for you. I think, is it, I think is it based off of what he didn't do in Philadelphia? Because coming halfway, I just think he's older. Season, I think he's a lot older. You're older. I, I believe in you. I think. Yeah, you have but I'm not on a football still. field, man. I mean, that's that's. I don't know that right wrong. now. I don't know where you if are. If I had to do a three-hour show instead of two, I'd be dead. That's it. <laughs> you don't have the cardio for that. You got no, the stadium done. stairs. That's two hours. Yeah. <laughs> All these other vocal exercises. There's Craig Mitch in the corner. Exactly. I can't do it. I'd be calling him Tolden Gate. That'd be it. Red <laughs> Ellison had a touchdown. Oh boy, Ingram was was uh, such a bust yesterday. Oh, um, so him him this game this game again. You talked about the vomiting on the sidelines. This is this is the vomiting everywhere for fantasy owners. This game because Evan Ingram, how does he not have a huge day against against that defense that just just a sieve against tight ends? So frustrating. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Ugh. Red Ellison, congratulations, Red to him. Ellison. I don't know. All right, you the, a moment Colts, of silence for Evan Ingram. That's what we need. The uh, the Colts' offensive line just dominated the Texans yesterday, and they beat them thirty to twenty three. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was fantastic, three twenty six and four touchdowns. This this game could have been worse too. They went for it uh, on a couple of fourth downs and didn't get them. Marlon Mack underwhelming, forty four yards. Zach Pascal one hundred six two touchdowns. I may have to put this guy in the waiver wire pickup ad this week because he's been good a few times. Yeah, a couple year. good games. Yeah, yeah. T. Y. Hilton six for seventy four and a touchdown. Ebron has now scored in back to back games for Houston. Uh, uh, Watson uh, kind of an off game a little bit. Three hundred eight one touchdown two picks. Carlos Hyde uh, probably one of his worst games in a while too. DeAndre Hopkins blew up nine for one hundred eight and a touchdown. And Stills four for one hundred five. I think Hopkins, though, Joe. The reason why he blew up was because Fuller was out again, and that clearly made them focus more on Hopkins. And I suppose if you're a Hopkins owner, then you're hoping that Fuller doesn't come back because this is what you're hoping for every week from him. I think you need to be done with Will Fuller. He is just the worst. Like, he is just the, he is he's the worst. And you know, I'd rather somebody be an abject failure than a guy who has arguably one of the best fantasy games all year and then doesn't play again. It's the absolute worst. I mean, I am. I luckily have zero shares of Will Fuller, but I can't imagine the frustration, even in daily fantasy, taking shots on him, knowing that there's a good chance I'm just lighting money on fire. And the only other guy to mention in this game that I think is the unsung hero is Darius Leonard, who, you know, yeah, you could say that the the Texans had kind of a, you know, Watson had an off day or whatever, but Darius Leonard is magnificent. And he had an incredible interception, uh, diving, tackling interception, basically all at the same time. That really was, you know, the biggest moment in this game. And that guy is just, you could see when he wasn't on the field, those couple games for the Colts, because he was on that game. uh, I want to say he was out for that Raiders game, which they lost. And I think he was out the week before, which they struggled in. All of a sudden, you put that guy back on the field and he's like, I don't want to say Lawrence Taylor, but like he's that kind of thing where it's like, oh, my God, what a difference this guy makes. He's everywhere, sideline to sideline, making tackles. 
he's showing up in coverage. I mean, of all the picks that they've made in the last couple of years, Darius Leonard has just been absolutely brilliant. And the offensive line, too. They spent so much on Darius Leonard in the draft and offensive line. And look what they've been able to do. They made Jacoby Brissett a star this week. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, their, their offensive line is fantastic. I watched that game from start to finish. The Colts were one of my picks, so... Felt really good about that when they just the problem with the Colts they can't put anybody away man like they just no that's the danger they, they should have put away do you remember week one like what did I say margin of error margin of error with the Colts there is none they're playing they they have to be perfect and sometimes they are but when you take a piece like Darius Leonard out I think it's very difficult for them or you're missing a Marlon Mack it's very difficult for them because there's no more margin for error because you don't like you said you don't have that ability to put guys away you don't have that Andrew Luck we're just gonna throw a ball sixty yards and just everybody goes oh my God it's not the same but T Y Hilton too man where. Where's the T.Y. gone? Oh, man. Pascal's been the guy. No, T.Y. scored, though, yesterday. Got a good game. Oh, he did it. Oh, he did have the, oh, he did have the touchdown. That's right. Six for 74. Yeah, six for 74. Yeah, no, yeah, I missed the a, touchdown on him. I thought he just had the six for 74. Yeah, my yeah, bad. Indy, my bad. Indy dominated this game from start to finish. Houston's only uh, touchdown was when uh, Brissett fumbled on his own five. I mean, so they really, they really dominated from start to finish. They just never had that stomp on them. They never put it away. And by the way, really good call by Houston on their own goal line to take a safety and punt it back to the Colts. They didn't end up tying the game, but that was a really good call for them to only go down by seven and then have to kick the ball off deep as opposed to out of their own end zone. So yeah, they're home against the Broncos next week, too. How do you feel about that game, Hot Take? Uh, I got to see the lines and stuff. I haven't I haven't done a real dive yet on any of the games this week. I'm still getting over the last week. How do I feel? The NFL's unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Saints and Bears. Uh, this game was a dominating game for one start to finish, and uh, then we'll get to the epic Chargers debacle. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, I like fantasy sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mission, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. A lot of people predicted a very tight, low-scoring game between the Saints and Chicago Bears. So who would have thought 61 points would have been scored in this game? And honestly, most of them in the fourth quarter. Go figure. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, great again for the New Orleans Saints. 281 yards and two touchdowns. Latavius Murray, great with no Alvin Kamara. Even caught some passes. 119 yards, two touchdowns. And Michael Thomas is that one guy at wide receiver in the first round of fantasy that no matter who is a quarterback and no matter what is happening, this guy is just great on a week. One, one. <laughs> That's it. Best. It's him. He's been the best. He's the one. He's been the best. <clears throat> yep. uh, for the Bears, Trubisky was absolutely brutal. Ab- I mean, I don't care what the fantasy numbers say. He was awful. The play calling was terrible. 251 yards and two touchdowns. I- I- I'm going to say 170 of those yards were in the fourth. Uh, Allen Robinson had a great game. He's matchup proof too. 10 catches, 87 yards at a touchdown. Anthony Miller, who was one of my big keepers in my dynasty league has done virtually nothing all year. And, and honestly, like, I don't even know, like I, that just may have been a bad call by me. I, I thought he was a star in college five for 64 yards. And, uh, and unfortunately David Montgomery is a huge, enormous fantasy bust in 2019. Just a awful <laughs> call yep. by virtually the entire fantasy community. Uh, I understand. I'll throw my hand they, up there. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just it just is. I mean, he now look, the, the Bears are not running the ball nearly enough. Why they only ran the ball a half a dozen times in that game, I I'll don't never know. know. But when I watch Montgomery, but when I watch him play, Montgomery does not look good. He doesn't break tackles. Uh, look, I I wasn't a Jordan Howard fan. I was a fan of this trade. I went back and I looked at some of the commentary from beat writers on social media just to see what they were saying at the time. I was shockingly surprised to see a lot of people against that trade at the time saying, why would you trade up for a running back in this spot? And man, does that trade look awful, Joe? They had to try. I think New England, they traded a pick two for that. And they could have kept Jordan Howard to do the same thing. Now, I saw Montgomery in college at Iowa State. I thought he'd be great. But and I bought into some of that Kool-Aid. And I mean, thank goodness, not a lot of it, but enough to make a difference. And I'm not saying that you should cut this guy, but two things stick out for me very big in this game. The Saints and Sean Payton, maybe this guy should get coach of the year. Unbelievable job making and relevant in reality, relevant in fantasy, man. Teddy Bridgewater in one of my leagues has just carried me. He's been awesome. And I have Michael Thomas in that league, too. So that's the one take. And the, and the other on the other side is Nagy, who did a fantastic job last year, Joe and was amazing in Kansas City, I don't think that I've seen any coach more overmatched than him in this year in the NFL. Run the football, play defense. <clears throat> That's what you got to do if you're the Bears. And they just refuse to commit to the run. And I, I've seen David Montgomery break some tackles in preseason, break some tackles in the first week or two of the season. I just don't think he's getting used enough or properly. I think the fact you have two weapons like Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, who have basically become non-existent this year, is unbelievable because I because Matt Nagy I was very <laughs> inclined to be very positive about because there are a lot of good things you take away and I don't know if it all falls on Trubisky I don't know if it all falls on on Nagy maybe trying to get too cute or trying to make Trubisky something he's not but you're talking about moving up capital to take him moving up capital to take Montgomery they are they're all in and this is this is terrible and I'll tell you what Teddy Bridgewater is gonna have a job somewhere next year I don't know where. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Somewhere sure. he's going to have a job, and we'll see what happens. But it's hard not to think that the Saints right now, would you say the Saints are the best team in football? No, the Patriots, I would say. are. See, I'm not there yet. I, I, I'm Right now, the Saints, I think, have more. The Saints have so many more potential offensive weapons than the Pats do. And I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's I, I don't even think it's close. I think New England is so far above everybody. But I think if you had to say, give me the one team that can beat them, I would think it's the Saints, and Vegas would agree. I mean, the, the Patriots right now, Joe, are two and a half to one to win the Super Bowl which is the lowest or we would say the shortest odds to win the Super Bowl at any point that I can ever remember in any season in October. Normally at this stage, you could get New England playing well at a four to one or a three to one. I mean, two and a half. There's like no advantage. It's like they're almost guaranteeing you that they're getting to the Super Bowl. Did you see they, they started? A, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, go did on. you see they started a Kickstarter campaign for the fans to buy out Mitchell Trubisky's contract? No. <laughs> I mean, the Saints are still giving you value. They're like six or seven to one to win the Super Bowl. You could still get into that. So yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and by the way, defense, a lot of defensive touchdowns yesterday. Defensive touchdown for both sides here in this one. Also one for Jacksonville earlier, I forgot to mention. So, uh, look, it's just been a disaster for the Bears. But I look, the Saints have helped me a lot in the guillotine league that, that we'll talk about tomorrow. Like that has been my without Teddy Bridgewater and without Michael Thomas. I don't know where I would be. Does it in seem like we're going to have a segment to talk about it next. Uh, we, we have survived again. Yeah, oh, we, have, we have survived and, and thrived. Wait. Survived and thrived. The guessing yes. game of, of the guys that were eliminated this week. Cause I've, Oh, Maybe you know be, already. Is it going to be Joe Mixon? Already. Is he one of them? <laughs> uh, no, Joe Mixon is not in there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Joe, Joe Mixon is not in there. Okay, uh, Ravens and Seahawks, 30-16. to 16. Lamar Jackson is... I, my, that is the biggest regret that I have in fantasy is not having Lamar Jackson everywhere because I felt like this would happen and I got down to the last draft that I was in and said... And I overdrafted him by like three rounds because I'm like, I am not leaving this fantasy football season without Lamar Jackson. And I'm not even doing great in that league, so go figure. 116 rushing yards. He's on pace to break Vic's all-time rushing uh, record for a quarterback. 
Uh, Ingram had 46 yards. Andrews was horrible yesterday. I don't know what was going on. Maybe it's because of the rain, but 39 yards and three drops. Russell Wilson, also not a great game. 241, one touchdown, one pick. Carson gets the volume, so there's no threat there to him. And certainly was okay. 65 rushing yards, three receptions. He got you 10 points. Lockett, finally a quiet day for him. Metcalf, 4-4. 63 Ravens lose at home, get throttled by the Browns. They go on the road and beat the Seahawks. This is what the NFL is, Joe. Unpredictable. It is. And the Tyler Lockett line last couple of weeks has been really un- unassuming and terrible. I just, it, it, you know, he had back to back weeks with double digit targets and then it's just kind of gone in a tailspin. And you kind of wonder why, why, why aren't we just trying to get him the football more? I mean, we're, we've lost Disley. Carson is solid, but. Tyler Lockett's your guy, and if he's not your – I mean, also, let's not forget how awful that moment was. You want to talk about defensive touchdowns and, and turns of games. How about that DK Metcalf fumble? Oh, my yeah. God. The Ravens had oh. a defensive touchdown, too. Yeah, that's right. so yeah. brutal. But DK Metcalf – That was the, probably the most long season, right, Joe? I, I think we've, we had more defensive touchdowns yesterday than all season, right? I, it had to be the most. We had four or five. had to be the most of all the week. I think yeah. so, too. Yeah, there was a yeah, ton. Yeah. Yeah, had to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Ravens moving forward. This is a dangerous player in Lamar Jackson, and and uh, and and he is a game changer. He's the one guy that I think that that you just can't game plan for. He's just I watching him run. It's just incredible, and he can make all the passes too. His his day would have been a lot better if Andrews hadn't dropped passes. Andrews dropped the ball in the end zone. He dropped two other balls too. I don't know what was going on with him yesterday. Uh, all right, so this is the epic uh, disaster of the day <laughs> yesterday for sure. Titans beat the Chargers twenty three to twenty. Tannehill, boy, when you asked me about his line, what was I off by, like, 20 yards here? I mean, 312, two touchdowns, one pick. This is who he is. He's going to throw a pick. He's going to throw two touchdowns. He's going to throw for 260, 270, virtually every game. Derrick Henry didn't go down on the first uh, tackle here, shockingly, yesterday. 22 carries, 90 yards. Uh, Corey Davis, 80 yards and a touchdown, and A.J. Brown had a nice game. Uh, Phillip Rivers, said his game was fine, 329, two touchdowns. Should have had a third because Austin Eckler had one called back. He was a monster again. Seven receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Eckler came off, was finally had one bad game last week, and then put it together uh, in this week. Of course, Melvin Gordon, we'll talk about here, who had 32 yards and a key fumble. Uh, Hunter Henry, great game for him, 6 for 97. Nothing for Keenan Allen virtually, and almost nothing for Mike Williams. But the story in this game, Joe, was on fourth down, on third down and on, or second down and on third down, with almost no time left. The Chargers ran the ball into the end zone, tried to get Melvin Gordon a touchdown, didn't get it the first time. Then they tried to do it a second time, and the dude fumbles at the goal line with no time left, and Ugh. they give the ball back to the, to the Titans, and the Titans win the game. Like, I mean, the Chargers just <clears throat> consistently finding new ways to lose. Uh, no service did Gordon do himself by coming back and playing. He has looked awful since he's come back. I don't know no. what he was thinking, and and he's in a legit t- timeshare now with Eckler. And now, and what is he going to do now? Like, he would have been better I mean, off sitting out the whole year. He would have made yeah, money. absolutely he's lost money since he came back. He has lost money. He's taken money out of his own pocket since he's come back to the NFL. Uh, he should just sat out the whole season if this is if this is the performances we're going to get. Oh my I'll, gosh! I'll tell you what, too. I hope that Ryan Tannehill can make Corey Davis a thing because I think Corey Davis is an extraordinary talent who's been completely underutilized in that offense. And if Tannehill can make him relevant, my goodness, that'd be great because I have a lot of cheap shares of Corey Davis sitting on a lot of benches and I would love to see that happen. Now, I got to ask you a question. How did I do with the whole is a wrong team favorite this week? Because you made me take a couple underdogs. I took the Cardinals. I took the Titans. I want to say how did I do on the other ones Did I do better this uh, week. Was I not a disaster? Is that you make to mock me? Let me go, we have back, to go back and, and check that out. Maybe that's a segment for tomorrow. Like All right, you so know, the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals was a win. I don't know. Did you take the- uh, did you take Houston? I don't remember. Honestly. I don't remember. I, I took the, the Titans, Colts. though. I remember that took, because the Chargers you stink. You took Detroit. I took Detroit, so that was a bad job by me. I probably took yeah. the Raiders, too, and that was a bad job by me, too. Yeah, I you know took that. the Raiders. Um, so. But again, the Raiders, you know, like, here's, and there you go. You There's took the, the Rams. No, you took the Rams. You took the Rams against Atlanta. Okay. 
So I did okay. Did all right. Uh, yeah, I, I think you did, did all better. Right. Did better. Did better. Uh, I think you took the Bears. Well, yeah, I did, and I, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it you should be better. Look, you, you took better than you did better than last all week. Right. Yeah, I just want to be improving. I don't want to be. I don't want to no, be. The no, look, you won Thursday night. You won Thursday night. And what did it cost me? Everything. I know, but look, you had that one right. You're, you're, you're on a two out of three uh, hot streak with something that will see. Yeah, but now in flex, I've lost Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes this year, and I'm now, of course, this is my first loss of the year. I can't overcome losing all those guys. Eventually, it's going to catch up with me. So I don't yeah, know, man. Look, you, you go eight and five. You get in the playoffs. You'll have Mahomes back at that time. You'll be fine. I hope all right, so. coming up next, we got the Cowboys and Eagles, and then we'll see if Joe can get Monday night's game right. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, here is hour two, one twenty-five Eastern, three, two, one. Want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com Dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash Dunk, DailyRoto.com where millionaires are made. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia with you here until 2 o'clock Eastern, and then we will send it over to full-time fantasy. Our final recap in terms of games goes to the Sunday night game between the Cowboys and Eagles, which was not a game that I watched almost at all. Got to admit, had a great betting day yesterday. Came through after horrible, horrible, horrible back-to-back weeks. A huge bounce back, both in college and pro. And so we're looking for uh, one win tonight to go four and one in the super contest. And college went well as well. So uh, I, as I've said before, when I know that I don't need anything, I will tip my cap and shut it down, which is what I did uh, on Sunday night and watched a show on Netflix. But I will say that this it didn't look like I missed much here. The Cowboys, Joe, just basically dominated from start to finish. I don't have huge takes on this game again because... I didn't intently watch it, but it certainly looks like Ezekiel Elliott had the game that we expected him to have. Dak Prescott did what he normally did. And the summary for me, I suppose, is that the Eagles defense is going to struggle all season long. They struggled again against Dallas yesterday. Their receivers will be okay. Miles Sanders is in the David Montgomery category, I think, of, of fantasy bust for the most part. And uh, and Wentz did not have a good game yesterday, although, you know, when he's at home, he's usually OK. But that, I mean, Dallas just basically came out and said, Doug Peterson, take your guarantee and stick it. And I feel like that's what. Happened. Yeah. You know what? I think you can hang this L on Peterson. He gave them the billboard material and everybody wants to make fun of Bill Belichick and his press conferences. And that's fine. It's fair. They are. But the one thing he's very keen on is never giving billboard material. And the one guy that did it was stupid Wes Welker, who did it against the Ravens. And when you know it, the Ravens came up and they beat them in New England that game. And you know what? Wes Welker wasn't very long for that team afterwards. And this is what happens in the NFL. It's a very emotional game. And Doug Peterson really, and I understand like you want to show confidence in your team, but there's ways to show confidence without giving the other team something. And he gave the Cowboys a little bit of life here. He gave them a little bit of something they were lacking, which is a little edge. And you know what? Sometimes you got to let the sleeping dog lie, and it's on Doug Peterson. I hang this loss squarely on Doug Peterson, and everybody else should too. I understand he didn't take a snap. He didn't throw a pass. He didn't catch a ball. But when you give a team that's basically 
struggling, fighting for its life, fighting an identity, and you give them an identity to rally around the way he did, that's on you, man. That's bad coaching. That's bad coaching. It's unnecessary. You leave that game with Minnesota. You feel good about the fact you competed against a very good team in a tough building. You say, you know what? We're going to go out. We're very confident. Even though it was a bad loss, we're going to go out there. We're going to bring all the things we did well today next week. You don't go, we're going to guarantee a win in Dallas. Shut up. So stupid. Such a terrible thing to do. And look, uh, fantasy assets. I mean, Goddard had a touchdown. Okay, great. Uh, I don't know how many people benefited Not from that. Not much for Philly. Yeah. No, no, that's it. Goddard was the one guy that had the touchdown. Not much there. And uh, the rest of this game, you got your Ezekiel Elliott, 20-plus for 100-plus and a touchdown. That's what you always want. Prescott was mobile again. Amari Cooper looked healthy, so that's a positive there. No touchdowns for him, but 5 for 106. That's certainly a positive. And that's what the Cowboys, you know, they'll get back on track. We'll see what happens the rest of the year with them. But I still think this was also great for the Cowboys defense, which had been struggling too. So I think that's a thing where you, you finally go, okay, fine. Get back on track. Play a little bit more physical. That's what you want. And uh, do they have a bye next week? I'm trying to remember, Cowboys. Where are we at with them? I think they oh, do. Yeah, yeah, they're on a bye next week. So this is a big win for them going into the bye week. Ravens oh, yeah, Cowboys. huge win. Huge win. The team, that w- the team that wins is alive, and it felt like the team that wins could be done. It feels like Philly could be done. Uh, in redraft leagues, by the way, Amari Cooper at wide receiver. How many receivers would you take before him? I know that we were both against him, but I think uh, you know our, our thoughts have changed. He had the one bad game last week. Could, could you put three wide receivers ahead of Amari Cooper? The rest Michael of the Thomas, I'll put ahead of him. Um, right now, I think you got to put Godwin ahead of him, don't you? <laughs> that guy's been out of his mind. I guess I'll so. Still put, I'll still put Hopkins above him. Maybe I just can't quit Hopkins, but I'm still no. Try. Now with Fuller out, I mean, you got to put Hopkins yeah, right so back up there. But again, the point is, is wow, that's close, right? But I mean, Julio, Julio. I mean, Julio's maybe good. Maybe you know, Odell's not been good. Juju's not been good. And you know, we didn't even talk about Odell before. There's another guy you could throw this conversation yeah, I mean, in a redraft league. Cooper is probably the 13th pick overall or 14th pick overall. He's, no, he's, he's definitely he's in there. Easy second round pick for sure. All right. Uh, and with Thielen out too, we should, we should mention some key injuries in the NFL. We'll keep an eye, as Joe mentioned earlier in the show, that Minnesota plays Thursday. It'd be hard to believe that Minnesota would even think about playing him. Not that it has anything to do with beating or losing against the Redskins. Washington played competitive against San Francisco, but Minnesota's in a position to go very deep and they could give him a full two weeks off. Why would they play him? It, would, it, it just doesn't add up. Uh, Matt Ryan will keep an eye on. He'll definitely be questionable going into the week and probably won't practice Wednesday, but then we'll have to see how much time Schaub gets in there. Carry on Johnson will be a big one with the Lions taking on the Giants because if he can play, he immediately surges up, but he left the game also with an injury. Fuller uh, as well. Breida, the running back for San Francisco, left with a concussion and then an eye injury, but came back to play. Delaney Walker left the game for the Titans and did not come back. And then Ito Smith also back on the Atlanta side was carted off the field which I suppose gives a little bit more value to Devonta Freeman. If he doesn't punch, punch anybody, Joe, then maybe you can bump him up a little bit next week too. No, well, if it's a big, if, you know, you gotta, I never know when I'm going to punch somebody. So I can't imagine he knows. <laughs> you go. Could be any moment. Could be any moment. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's, right. that's a frustrating way to lose a player. Injury is one thing getting thrown out of a game. And I'll never understand the punching somebody wearing a helmet that, you know, I understand the emotion. I get all that, but man, you know, punching a guy wearing a helmet. Is there like how, how dumb is that? On the list of dumb things you can do as an athlete, that's pretty dumb. Yeah, if Lindsay did that last year for Denver. Oh, yeah. Oh, a, every year, there's guys who throw punches at guys with helmets, too. Like, that's another like, What are you doing? Just throwing punches at people. No, Every, every year, you see somebody in the NFL throwing punches at a guy wearing a helmet. What are you doing? <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. All you right, know. so, so uh, in, the, in the next segment, we'll hit on some baseball stuff. Let's, let's close out this segment with the Patriots and Jets. All right, so... This this one is a real tough one for me, Joe, and I'll explain why. Okay. Uh, in, in in all of my contests and everything that I've picked this week, 
I rarely take Monday night football. I rarely take Thursday night football. Also, the way that the super contest Joe works and some of these other uh, Vegas football picking contests is that if you pick the Thursday night game, you got to have all the games in on Thursday. So it's like, man, you're taking a pretty big risk if you do that, not knowing what's going to happen on Sunday. So usually the Thursday night game doesn't get picked. Usually the Monday night game for those same reasons doesn't get picked. And so I think that we're here in week seven between all of the contests that I've been in thus far this season with wager alarm and some other ones that I participate in. I, I don't think that I picked the Monday night game maybe more than once. I have the jets across the board in every single contest that I'm in. This is the first time. And I'll say this. I am scared to death here because it feels, it looks too good to be true in this one tonight. It, it feels like the Patriots win, but it's the Jets have some momentum going here. They're getting 10 at home. Monday night home dogs historically betting are the number one betting prospect in NFL history, betting a Monday night home underdog. We know Monday nights change. It's you know Sunday nights now like the primary game, but Monday night in general used to be that game. And if you were always getting points at home on a Sunday night or a Monday night, you loved it. But something is fishy about this one. I, I just can't put my finger on it. Does, Joe, does all that momentum for the Jets just go out the window tonight when they play the Patriots? And I feel like, as I've said on the, my live stream, Joe, that I'll know in the first five minutes of the game if I got a shot at this one or not. Because if New England goes up like 14 nothing, it's over. But, I mean, look, you follow the Patriots as closely or closer than anybody else. Do they blow out the Jets tonight in New York? Or do the Jets have a shot? I have no I, idea. I think they have a shot in New York to make it competitive. Sure. In New England, I would say, yes, they blow them out. But um, the one thing you could take is right now, they're struggling a little bit with the health. Uh, Edelman's questionable, but going to play. Same thing with Dorsett. Gordon's out for this game. Not that he's been a factor anyway, but I think the reason he hasn't been a factor is because he hasn't been healthy for the last month. So they're down. They're down both tight ends. They're, they're down a lot. You got, well, they got Watson back. So there you go. That's, that's why they had to call him back because of the injuries they had all the, uh, you know, the rest of the tight ends on this team. And I'll use some Craig Mish logic back at you. This is the NFL, right? So who cares what they did last week against the Cowboys? You went up and just blew the doors off the Eagles, right? Because Jets are, they're going to get their doors blown off by the Patriots, right? That's, that's your NFL logic. So that's what I would imagine happens today. Now, They'll be prepared. This is an important game for the Patriots. They're not overlooking the Jets, especially I think the worst thing that could have happened to the Jets was the fact that they played so well last week because I think that just got the attention up of that defense of Belichick and the coaching staff. So they're going to be very prepared for this game. And I think they can be competitive. So the number you got to get is 10, right? That's where you got to get. That's the number. Uh, I think I'm getting some nine and a half since in some spots. Um, I got to check the It's either nine and a half or 10. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's around there. Yeah, yeah I, I don't feel great about this one because the Patriots' ability to score on defense has been, and this is the theme of the week, right? Scoring on defense. They've done so much of that that it's really the thing that's carried them over these big lines they've had. It's not been the offense. It's been the defense. And the defense is also giving them field position that's just impossible not to give up touchdowns. So I think when you add that factor in, I think it becomes difficult. It really does. And they are a team right now that in terms of matchups in the secondary, in terms of the cornerback matchups, they match up really well with guys like Crowder and Robbie Anderson. So We'll see. If anything, it's a Le'Veon Bell game, I think. I think that's the guy that might give them some fits. But I don't know, man. I, I, I'd like to be confident for you. You're just, been a you're, just uh, you're just all, you're just hey, listen, it's fine. I'm trying to be realistic. I'm trying to no, be, but it's completely know. fine, by the way, on any game to pass. I mean, we, you don't have to make a pick. Like, I mean, that's the biggest mistake I think that people make is that they feel like as an analyst or, or an expert that you have to make a pick. I mean, you could certainly well, we do that on the street. wagering show on Friday. Mike Randall and I, yeah, but you don't have podcast. to, like, well, I don't we, do we that. We don't people. do that on any show that I'm in. Like, I mean, no, you could we, say I would lean toward this, but I wouldn't, you know, right. put anything well, on. We're very, that. we're very candid. We'll say this is a game to run away from, but because we're covering it, if we had to make a pick, this is the pick we'd make, but we're very candid about that. And I think if you're going to be responsible, giving advice or giving analysis, you should be doing that. 
I think the Patriots win by 10 in this one. I do. I don't think uh, I, you can. Well, you can't give me that. You have to pick one way or the other. You, you can't do that. You can't give me a push. You could give me a lean or or a I said win by more. Than, by, uh, yeah, the, the Patriots will cover this number. Yeah. Patriots will cover. OK, yeah. So that's, I, mean, I, I said 10 because you said nine and a half. I thought that's. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said. Yeah, by just, I mean, that's just like that's like the being on the fence, though. Like you, I, I would never well, pick. But it's, I don't think the Patriots are an offense right now that is going to put up. I don't think they're going to put up 40 something in this game. That's the problem. It's like, you know, the first week, everybody was healthy and they were rocking and rolling on offense. And then ever since it's been kind of patchwork, putting it together. Guys have been banged up. And you haven't gotten a They're a team that kind of needs to make a deal. Antonio Brown was a huge win for this team. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. But they need something. They really do. I don't think they can go the and trade them. AJ Green. Well, if you're the if you're the Patriots, you take AJ Green if he's healthy. Oh yeah, but I'm saying, would the Bengals do that? Do the Bengals have a choice? I mean, what are they gonna do? Just, just he's let obviously go? not playing. He's obviously not gonna come. Right. Back. So if if you're the if you're the Bengals right now, what's the most valuable thing to you? It's draft picks. Is, is Green a free agent at the end of the year? I don't know the answer to that. I'm sorry. I have to look that. at that. I, I will. I will look at that. If he's a free agent, you take any pick you can and move on. Yeah, I mean, even even so, at this point in time, even if he's not, don't you want to? No, you got to be careful of that. I mean, the league's not going to look good on that. Right, here's a breakdown. AJ Green salary. We have um, unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I'm Cincinnati, making eleven million dollars this year. Yeah. Don't you just take your fourth round pick and move on? That's it. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get much more than that. Everyone knows he's a free agent coming off an injury too. Why not? Yeah. All right, we, we, injury. We, you might even get him cheaper. Yep. All right. We got to take a quick time out. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We're going to get into the World Series coming up in this segment. Full-time fantasy, always at 2 o'clock Eastern, has your best updates as far as the injury reports when all of the NFL coaches do their press conferences and start discussing what things could look like for this week. Although, again, I've tried to teach people do not pay any attention to what the coaches are saying, clearly, because none of that ever matters. Uh, but in college football, Joe, we had an interesting development as Tua Tagalova against Tennessee ended up hurting his other ankle. Now, last year, this happened also in the SEC championship game, and he needed about a month to get healthy to go ahead and face off with Oklahoma, which he had no problem doing. It's kind of bizarre that he's had the same injury twice, which is actually a surgery issue that they uh, they put like some sort of rod into his foot. Now, this week, Joe, Alabama plays against Arkansas, and they'll open up instead of a 30-point favorite as probably like a you know, 17-point favorite or something like that, even without him. And then the thought process is they have a bye week after that, and then he'll be able to come back basically 21 days for the biggest college football game of the season, without a doubt, against LSU, which will basically pit the number one team in the nation versus the number two or number three team in the nation. And the team that wins that game is going to be headed toward the college football playoff. Whether they win or not, we'll have to see. This is sports. Strange things happen. But this is also kind of interesting, I think, for the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Redskins or some of these other teams because two is the consensus number one overall pick in the draft. So we'll keep a close eye on that in the coming weeks. 
Well, it's a smart thing to do to rest him. I mean, you, you said it yourself, 21 days, give him that much time to heal up and the, that kind of game looming. You would think that Alabama can handle Arkansas, right? you know, even down to a. So why not? I mean, that, you know, when you're dealing with teams like the Yankees and the Patriots and Alabama, these, these big time teams, they're measured in championships. So, you know, that's that's what's all about. As long as you're, you know, if they were playing a really tough ranked opponent this coming week, here's a here's a question for you. What would they do if it was LSU this week on the schedule? Oh, uh, he wouldn't play. No, he would not be able to right. play. He wouldn't be able to play. So that would be, you know, what would the line he on that be, able be? To play next week either? What would the uh, line what? on that game be if if Tua couldn't play and it was LSU this week? Just oh, curious. LSU would be, LSU would be probably six. Well, it's in Alabama. It's in Alabama. Oh, no, that's well, a lot. three. Somewhere between three and five, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Even though it's in Alabama, you still think it would? Yeah, LSU would be favored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the the kid Burrow is the quarterback for LSU right now has moved up to the number two pick in the draft. (laughs) I mean, like he's like it's Alabama, and this. I mean, the magnitude. I will tell you this: the magnitude, Joe, of that Alabama LSU game, which they will play uh, on CBS at night. I'm gonna guess they're gonna. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they would put it at three thirty. I don't know is the biggest college football game regular season in the longest I can remember, man. Like it's, it's going to be, and, and because Alabama and LSU in the past, they've played these number one versus number twos out. That's this has happened before, or like the one, one versus three or two versus six, but their offenses have never been like this before. Uh, Alabama's offense has been really good, but LSU has never had this kind of firepower at offense since maybe Marcus Russell. Uh, it, will, it will be the highest rated television college football game of the season, maybe above some NFL games this year, too. I think that there's a chance of that, even though it's on a Saturday night. It is setting up to be the game that if you you, you got to have some sort of interest in. Like, it's just it's it's that good. Like, we're we're headed in that direction. And again, because of the way that the season has happened, where Georgia has already lost. And so they're on the outside looking in. I'm sure you saw over the weekend that Illinois is a 30 point underdog ended up beating Wisconsin and they all ran on the field at the end of that game. So that eliminated Wisconsin from the mix. It's a pretty clear cut as to the chances of who's going to get into this final four. And the winner of Alabama LSU is in, man. That's it. Like they are in whoever wins is like a a guarantee. And it's rare that you could have that in November, but we're almost there. No, that's exciting. I, I like, uh, you know, I, I like when you get games like this already in there. So here's a question for you. What what happens if LSU should beat Alabama even with Tua? Like, wh- wh- how does that all shake out LSU, in your mind? LSU is number one. Right. They were Alabama go to. Well, obviously, they're number one. Uh, L- uh, Alabama will drop like to three or four. Okay. And and Alabama, all they'll have to do is beat Auburn, basically, in uh, late November. And then because Alabama lost to LSU, Joe, they will not get a chance to play in the SEC championship, which means their season ends early and locks them in to the final four. But they will not be the number one seed or the number two. They'll, they'll probably be three or four. LSU will then play for the SEC championship. And even if they lose, Joe, they're still going to get in to the final four because they'll have beaten Alabama. So right. they will drop a little bit. And then you would have a scenario where, let's say, Alabama's three and LSU is four. If LSU loses to, let's say, the Gators in the SEC championship. But then you look at it and you say, well, Craig, what about the Gators then? <laughs> because if the Gators run the table and the Gators beat one of those teams, would we have three teams in the SEC? 
playing in the final four. Like it's it's not impossible, man. It is the only not. game I got to see was um in its most of entirety was the Penn State Michigan game that I got to see. Yeah, and Penn State dominated Michigan State like backdoor covered more or less. I mean, Michigan's done. Michigan is just a it's a wrap for them. Like it's just, yeah. It's, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Penn and State. Boy, Penn State is still very much in the mix too. I was gonna say Penn State. You know, they. I was. You know, I understand. It's just, you always have to measure everyone differently, not in the SEC. But man, was that building loud? Wow! Like yeah, it was <laughs> that great. stadium was rocking. By the way, the whole plays, thing. Penn State plays Ohio State. The winner has a great chance to get in. The loser is done. That's it. The Big Ten. That, yeah. That's well, that's one, that's like another playoff game, play-in game kind of thing. Coming that's, up that's also the, very soon, couple of weeks too. Yeah. yeah now this time love. of the year, you're getting monster games. In uh, in college football, for sure. One non-monster game, by the way, I wanted to mention because you and I talked about this last week on the show. Uh, one of our contest picks, by the way, was taking Minnesota minus 28 at Rutgers. Minnesota led this game 35 to nothing. Rutgers scored a touchdown, Joe, for the first time in two weeks. They lost, four, <laughs> they lost 42 to seven at home to Minnesota. They play Liberty this week, a non-division one school. And they are seven point underdogs at home to Liberty this week. Brutal. Insane. It's embarrassing. There's a lot of rumblings here locally from like NewJersey.com and all this stuff. When I've been floating around here uh, about Greg Chiano and people wanting to bring him back. That's so, not a bad I don't know. idea. I don't know. I don't know. Where is she? You think that's the? You think that's? I have no idea, man. Maybe he's got a pizza place or something in Jersey. I don't know where he is. Like, uh, do you think that's the cure all? Like, do you think that's the thing? Like, go back to that well. It's the only time you've had success as a football program. It's the only time that they were on the map. Yeah, it's the only time that they were on the map. Look, it's just they're they're being called, unfortunately, one of the worst D one teams football wise in history right now he was I mean, assistant head coach and d coordinator last year at ohio state okay like so do you understand the magnitude of being a division one team and being a seven point underdog to liberty like that is incredible man like that's just liberty liberty has beaten a couple of d1 schools this year they beat new mexico i believe they have a couple of good wins but you never should be an underdog to a team like that. And seven? Oh, my gosh. Like oh, I remember what happened to Shiano. He was hired by the Patriots this offseason and then uh, unexpectedly resigned in March. I remember that now. Oh, now no, I'm looking at it. Yeah, he was hired, and then they were basically kicking around the idea of him being the defensive coordinator. And uh, then he resigned before they really even got going. This was like in late March. Uh, a desire to, quote, spend more time with his family and his faith. <laughs> yeah he'll be back yeah. he'll be back next year i remember him as the head coach of the buccaneers right like oh that, yeah that, well, yeah he, he, he doesn't but uh yeah <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to. Uh, also earlier this morning uh it, it does look like joe in fact that uh, Thielen does not play uh thursday against the the redskins which does fire up you would think a really good matchup for stefan diggs on thursday for those of you who are starting to put lineups together well, diggs has been through. solid the last couple of weeks regardless so i mean Hey, you can, you know, Diggs is another guy too. Off the scrap heap, we could have bought cheap. You know, I almost just sold him for Devonta Freeman. Oh my gosh! Oh no, my is. God! No, no, <laughs> horrible! It would have. Oh All right. Uh, so tomorrow we'll do a full preview of the World Series as well. But let's just kind of take a at least an initial look at this thing. They'll play game one tomorrow. Houston, of course, with home field advantage, so they get a chance to play their their uh, four of the seven games. Do you think that this goes seven, Joe? Do you think I mean, it sounds like you may take a shot here with the dog on on uh, on Washington here. Is that the way you're leaning here or no? Well, I'm just looking at it like 
the Nationals have been the super betting perspective. It's definitely the way to go. The betting perspective is the way to go. Um, I'm happy for the Mattress King, though. Hopefully he's doing all right. He's Mattress he's Mac, living yeah. the right. Mattress Max still alive, baby. Um, I just find it hard to just write off a team who has three pitchers as good as those three who have pitched well. And Strasburg's been the guy to me that's kind of been the one that's kind of crept up because we've waited so long. We take for granted, you know, he came up so young. And he's had so many injuries and so many disappointments that finally this year he kind of put it all together. And now he's still pitching strong in the playoffs. And I don't know, man, I always feel like that's the thing. And yeah, the, the lineup for Houston doesn't quit. I get that. I understand that. But who do you think has the better bullpen of these two teams? I think that's that's the kind of question to me. If these if I think these teams match Houston, up, where would you rate Houston. the bullpens? OK, yeah, I think Houston's got a better bullpen, too. Yeah. All right. I, rather, I think that's why Presley, if he's healthy and Osuna, you know, I mean, those two guys are, are fantastic. By the way, tomorrow night it is, and see, the, the difference is Garrett Cole for me. I mean, one, four, and seven, even if it goes seven, and that you got Garrett Cole. But you're going to have Cole yeah. and Scherzer, right? Houston's a huge favorite tomorrow night, minus 190 on the money line. I, but it's Max Scherzer. I might it's, say, but, like, but Joe, who in the history of baseball has been better than Garrett Cole in the last two months? No one in the history of baseball. Or Outside Hershiser. of Oral Hershiser. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, no, I, I know. And I'm the biggest Garrett Cole fan there is, but you happen to be pitching against arguably the best pitcher in the National League. And, and Scherzer's a guy that shows up. And, and what happens if it's 2 nothing? Houston, you go, oh my gosh, what a great game by Scherzer, but they lost two nothing. Like Cole's not know, you're, no, you're not wrong. I yeah, know, that's but the, he's, I mean, I'm baseball, not he give up five runs. Oh no, he could give up five runs tomorrow. Anything can happen. But this, yeah, this is going to be a six, five game. <laughs> this, the total is seven. This particular pitcher has been on a historic run that we have virtually. Well, Bumgarner is the only guy that comes to mind too, of just having, he, he got he on great. fire that was it back in 2014. Am I remembering properly? Last time they won the World Series, he came out of the bullpen and pitched seven innings. Yeah, that was against the Royals, 2014, right? Because the Mets were against the Royals, and the Royals won in 15. They made it back there, I want to say. Sounds right. Yeah, it's an odd, you know, it's got to be an even year if it was the Giants. So you'd have to keep that in mind, too. But right. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm, I want to see two great pitchers. This is, this is going to be fantastic. I just don't know how we can, as great as Garrett Cole's been, it's not like, I don't know, he's not facing some schlub guy. It's Max Scherzer. It's, a, it's the reigning Cy Young guy every year. I don't know. It's just, uh, wh- I, you're a baseball guy. I mean, don't you think the Nationals have a real chance here with these pitchers to, to push this to seven games? I do. Oh, of course. But then it's Garrett Cole. And that's the problem. If Garrett Cole is not involved in this thing, I think that the odds would not be nearly what they are. But who's got home field? It's the Astros. Houston. Yeah, yeah Houston. that's tough to you. Tough to go play a game seven on the road and win that. That's not an easy thing to do. And that, no. that's what it would come down to for sure. Are you All worried right, about the Nats got... coming out flat, by the way, too? Uh, no, not really. No, I, I think tonight will be a really competitive game. And I think Cole will throw seven innings, strike out 12, give up no runs. I think Scherzer will pitch seven innings, give up one run. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it's going to be, man. But I just, I just, I mean, Houston being at home, even in a tie game, you saw what happened against the Yankees. They come up in extra innings and win. It's just, it's going to be, it could go seven. Look, I thought Houston would dominate LA a couple of years ago, won seven games. So could very well be that as well this year. All right, coming up next, our exit velocity segment. Then we send it over to full-time fantasy. Don't go away.
BetOnline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is a Monday. We got Monday Night Football coming your way in about a half a dozen hours from now. Hopefully you guys will enjoy that. NBA season, by the way, gets kicked off here in a day or two, so stay tuned for that as well. But I'm going to touch on a different subject here as we end with a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. And we're going to end the show off the way that we began the show, which is the most dynamic player that we've seen in the NFL in quite some time. And no, his name is not Patrick Mahomes. It's actually Lamar Jackson. Now, look, Lamar Jackson may not be the best passing quarterback in the NFL, but he is arguably the best running quarterback in the NFL that we've seen since Michael Vick. He's chasing down historic type numbers and he cannot be stopped. Third and two, runs for a touchdown. Third and eight, runs for 15 yards. Uh, Even at the end of the game when they didn't even need to run, he's willing to do it. Now, Lamar Jackson has come out and said he doesn't like to run. It's just he does it when he has to. But I got to tell you this. As long as the Ravens' defense doesn't completely fall apart, this is the team to keep an eye on because in a one-game scenario, I think they have a shot to at least keep this competitive and maybe give the Patriots a run for their money in the AFC. Because honestly, at this point, can you see the Chiefs defense competing with the Patriots? I certainly can't. Even in the other divisions, I don't see any teams that could potentially fight with them. Maybe it is the Baltimore Ravens that could be your value pick as a potential team to get to the AFC championship and keep things at least competitive with the Patriots. Keep an eye on them. That will do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time Fantasy is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Have a great Monday night, everybody. See ya.